Wagwan. What's happening, fam? It's your chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent August 6th in the year of our Lord, 2020. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. So I'm going into a Tim Hortons the other day, right? I want a coffee. I don't care if there's a pandemic. I don't care about viruses. I don't care about people in general. I'm a consumer. I want what I want. Baby want fucking iced coffee. Anyway, I'm going into a Tim Hortons, right? I spot this fucking virus, this fucking placebo, this fucking pandemic fucking person, a fucking fellow human being. I spot this fucking virus being, human being. And, you know, don't you fucking hate it when people come at you at an angle? For crying out loud, I'm walking in a straight line. I got the right away. She's coming at like a fucking angle, right? I'm like, oh my God, now I got to recalibrate my course because somebody's too stupid to know whether or not they should drift into the fucking uh, pathway of an oncoming person. Especially during a pandemic, you fucking moron. What, were you born in a barn? I'm like, uh, you know, so I'm going straight into the fucking Tim Hortons coffee shop. This fucking bozo, she's careening into my fucking line of path. I'm just like, okay, recalibrate, you know, I had my mask on. Okay, recalibrate, no big deal, recalibrate. And I uh, cavalierly, chivalrously, I manly, I politely opened the door for her. I opened the door for her. There you go, miss. If you must fucking drift into my line of path, I will be the bigger person. I will be the fucking, you know, knight in shining armor. I'll have some manners in the midst of a pandemic. Let me hold the door for you. I open the fucking door for her. I don't know. I don't know. The sign says three people at a time. I don't know. You don't know whether or not you should walk into a fucking uh, fucking cafe when there's like obviously more than three people in there to begin with. You don't know if um, this is all just an arbitrary bullshit game that we're playing. You don't know if there's no difference between walking shoulder to shoulder with somebody on the sidewalk versus standing shoulder to shoulder with somebody inside a fucking restaurant. They might tell you there's a difference, but logically, is there really a difference? Is there any fucking difference walking down a jam-packed street shoulder to shoulder next to any old fucking swinging dick? And is there any difference between that or standing next to somebody in a fucking cafe? What fucking difference does it make? Obviously, nobody's fucking paying attention to the rules. I'm at the point with pandemic where it's like, okay, I'm cool with playing the game. If I gotta wear a mask... Just for fucking safety's sake, I'll wear a mask. If I gotta play the game, I'll play the game. But you know what? I'm also open to a little bit of fucking, you know, mamby-pamby. I'm I'm also open to a little side trim. I'm also open to a little fucking, you know, affair. Let's fucking play games, you know? Let's fucking roll around in the hay. It's a fucking free-for-all, you know? Like, I can't... adhere to every little fucking rule that happens 
out there in society during this pandemic. If I got to sneak into a fucking Tim Hortons to get a fucking couple Tim bits and a fucking double-double, then fucking so be it. That's part of what I love about being Canadian, by the way. <laughs> got to have my coffee. Yeah, I'm going over to Tim Hortons. Going for coffee. Yo, what time is it? It's like 9 o'clock. Okay, going for coffee. Coffee break. Going for coffee. Going to Tim Hortons. Getting a coffee. <laughs> but anyway, like, for fuck's sakes, man, you got to get that mamby-pamby, that fucking side trim, that side piece, that affair. You got to roll around in the hay. You know? Make hay while the sun shines, you fucking bonehead. You fucking mind-controlled, dummy, walking consumer, fucking ballot-casting fucking mindless drone like yes obviously we're in this time of uncertainty but also we're no closer to any real answers and i think that the puppeteers that be kind of enjoy playing puppeteers games with us oh, hell i don't know it's a little too early in the morning for this right if you're new to the show jonathan ramchand the podcast i am a uh, actor extraordinaire 19 years of service diploma in theater arts that's been to the bone ladies and gentlemen and damn proud of it um you know <laughs> i'm squawking i'm bitching i'm whining i'm belly aching first thing in the morning it's like fucking 5 56 in the a.m eastern standard time august 6th 2020 yeah it's early in the morning top of the morning to you and that's a good lesson because it's like, you know, like in any industry, you got to get up at the crack of dawn, you know, this vodcast, this podcast that I uh, produce, host, you know, writ for, write for this little show is a part of my game as an actor, you know, now it might not be everybody's cup of tea, you know. Different strokes for f different folks, but fuck them motherfuckers, right? I can't be focused on that, right? Um, I just got to do my thing, get up at the crack of dawn to keep in the game, keep relevant at what I do, keep motivated, keep hungry. And that's some of the gratitude that you can have um, across industry, you know? As long as you are doing the things that, you know, lead to success, then you know what? Those times will come when those times come. You know, the harvest will come in when the harvest comes in. The boat will come in when the boat comes in. You know, like, because um, I've been thinking about that. It's like, you know, obviously, tough time, pandemic. It's fucking up the world economy. People are, you know, scratching and scrambling and scraggling to get some sort of foothold on, you know, stability, meaning in their life economically, you know, socially, spiritually. It's a fucking, you know, fucking mad scramble, mad dash, right? But as long as you're keeping up on, like, you know, the business end, you know, up at the crack of dawn here doing this, very fortunate, thankful to have you guys as listeners, as viewers. And that's a part of the game. Because there's so many other things that I could be doing that would be completely detrimental, counterproductive, to my career as an actor, thespian extraordinaire, you know, um, I could not be doing a podcast. I could just, you know, you know what? I'm just going to justify the fact that technology and social media and the, re and the realities of, you know, 
the 21st century, I'm just going to negate that. I'm just going to like pay no attention to the fact that, you know, you got to be competitive in today's market and try different avenues of exposure. I'm not even going to bother with a podcast. I'm just going to whatever. Cross my fingers and hope somebody walks up and puts me in a blockbuster. You know what I mean? So it's like you can reference that cross industry where it's like, you know, well, while we have while we have insecurities and fears about what the future holds and you know the grass looks greener on the other side and sometimes you know we get down on ourselves for what we don't have and what we don't seem to be doing you know the plus side is you know there's a lot of things that hopefully you are doing and that we are doing and that we can do and, you know, we take it day by day. It's a journey, right? And uh, a lot of strength in that. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire. Going for coffee. Going for a quick sip of coffee. Oh, yeah, coffee. You need to drink coffee at fucking 6 o'clock in the morning not exactly easy to jump out of bed and be funny look at them bags under them eyes boy look at them bags under them eyes boy i was fucking sleeping like half an hour ago got up took a shower jumped up in front of the camera in front of y'all and um that's what makes me a thespian extraordinaire coincidentally i'm also a stand-up comedian extraordinaire 11 plus years of service Breaking news, uh, this is kind of old news, you know, known about news, kind of, it is what it is, I'm just going to address it. Something that's been in the news as of late, Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen DeGeneres, comedian, talk show host, uh, actor as well, I believe she had her own sitcom at one point, The Ellen Show, or The Ellen DeGeneres Show, or... Something along those lines. Actor, comedian, television host, Ellen DeGeneres. Well, she's in a, bit, a little bit of hot water as of late. A little bit of hot water. Um, allegations. Um, the Ellen Show. Ellen. Apparently, there is a lot of um, toxicity in the work environment. You know? Allegations of sexual misconduct against several of the writing staff, producers. And then just a narrative of toxicity in regards to Ellen's demeanor and management style. Very demeaning, condescending, cold. These are some of the allegations. And you know what? Hey, we all know of um, the discomfort and unfairness of a toxic work environment. Nothing worse. One of the worst things in life is being chained to a job or workplace where it's just negative. Now, you always have the choice in which to quit, but people... People do have responsibilities and 
they can't just go out in a blaze of glory a lot of times. There are things to consider. But suffice to say, yeah, it can be a very trying thing working in a place where everybody's at each other's throat, negativity. Some of the accusations that came up against Ellen in particular, uh, a bodyguard, I believe, you know, this is all gossip and paraphrasing, by the way. Um, can we ever take anything, literally, when it comes to celebrity news? How the fuck do we know? We weren't there. So this is all gossip and conjecture. But basically, some of the allegations were like, a bodyguard, a bodyguard of hers claimed she wouldn't look him in the eye or greet him or thank him. Uh, situations where... Ellen allegedly has a very sensitive nose. Kind of ironic for a lesbian. <clears throat> but, um, you know, apparently Ellen has a bit of a sensitive nose, schnoz. So, you know, she's got a bit of a delicate schnoz. And she's got like a policy where it's like, if you come to her door, her office to speak to her, you know, there's like a bowl of chewing gum. So you got to fucking chew some chewing gum. You gotta fucking chew up a wad of chewing gum just to get in to see the fucking thing to begin with. So now you gotta chew the damn chewing gum. And then if you go in there and if fucking Ellen takes a whiff, you know, if Ellen catches a bad whiff off of you, that delicate schnoz of hers, that lesbian schnoz, she catches a fucking, you know, inopportune scent off of you, you know, a fucking disgruntled scent. You could be sent home to take a shower. What kind of fucking dictatorship is that? You know? I'm going to deem whether or not you smell good or not. And you know what? Let's let's give some of these people the benefit of the doubt. You know? Like, uh, we're talking Hollywood here. We're talking, you know, a very aesthetic, uh hierarchy, social status type of work environment? Like, what kind of vagrants are she is she hiring? Like, what are the chances that any of these people actually smell terrible enough where it's like, you are so out of your mind with your body odor, I gotta demean you in front of everybody and send you home. Like, it's pretty ridiculous, right? You know, so like, those are some of the things, allegations, the gossip about her. Brad Garrett of Everybody Loves Raymond, you know, uh, he posted a tweet on Twitter saying something along the lines of, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but this is basically the point he said. He goes, uh, allegations of toxicity in the Ellen work environment. Nothing new here. These are stories that have been known. Something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing the fuck out of it. But it was something like, uh, that's what he said. Toxicity in the Ellen work environment. These are well-known. These are well-known stories. So yeah, Brad Garrett of Everybody Knows Raymond. One of the most vocal celebrities, you know, to speak out against Ellen. And some of her management style, attitude. Work workplace practices on her show. So yeah, that's like uh, what's kind of going on with it. 
Those are like the allegations. And apparently she might even be leaving her show. She's saying that she wants out. She's done. She feels um, hurt. And, you know, she feels like it's against what she has built as a brand. You know, she's against any sort of disrespect and prejudice and mistreatment. So, yeah, those are some of the allegations. Well, the flip side to that, what I see is, you know, okay, well, first of all, a lot of these allegations are pretty flimsy. You know what I mean? It's pretty flimsy. Oh, Ellen is kind of cold and kind of distant. Well, all these people, um, you know, one thing about show business is, you know, performing, it's, it's, it's not back-breaking labor. It's not like you're on a chain gang. It's not like you're, you know, pushing a boulder uphill. But it's work in the sense of energy. Every time I step off, every, every time, see, look, stumbling, bumbling, mumbling. Every time I step in front of this camera, you know, my intention is to be as good as I can be. I don't want to bomb. I don't want to fuck up. I don't want to look bad on camera and put this out. You know, I want it to be the best at all times. And that takes energy. And a person like Ellen, 24-7, the fan base that she's built up over like 30 plus years of a career, you know, like she's got people at her, people coming at her constantly. Oh my God, Ellen, 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 right? Maybe after all that time, she's decided that, you know what? She's got to compartmentalize her energy if she's going to conserve it to get through the day, to get through a situation, to get through a taping. And maybe she views her co-workers as equals, not as sycophants. You know, fan boys and girls who want to fucking nip at her fucking coattails. You know, maybe she sees her bodyguard or security guard and she thinks okay that's just another team member you know she doesn't have to fucking put on some fake and phony oh hi how you doing and talk them up like maybe she's just like okay look i'm tired you do you do your job and guard me do your security job i'll do my job and together we get paid like maybe that's what she's thinking like you know let him do his fucking job Make sure the place is secure. And then let me as Ellen do my job and go host my show and be, you know, gracious, funny, dancing, entertaining. You know? Like she's got a big fan base. Like basically why this story is of great interest as well is this is the top of the pile, folks. This is A-list. Like Ellen DeGeneres in terms of show business, he can't get much bigger than that. Like her show is like It's a mega show that has like stars, celebrity power, political power. I believe she's even had like, you know, she has in the arena of politics, entertainment, whatever. Public celebrity. Doesn't get much higher than that. You know? So. And I also know for myself as a comedian, you know, on a 
you know, on a humbler level, I've, I've hosted my own shows, comedy nights. And what I started to realize is, oh, wow, a lot of people, they come with expectations. They come with an open palm, but they're not really, they're not willing to give anything. You know, they, they come, they come to take, you know, as a comedian, uh, on the, uh, on the upswing, as a comedian on the come up, it's very hard. It's very hard to get opportunity because everybody's clamoring for that spot. Everybody's clamoring for an opportunity and they're few and far to come by, you know, uh, just to get onto a independent show, you know, like an independent show. There's no industry. There's no payday. There's really nothing there other than just the opportunity to do a good show. Even to get onto a show like that as a up-and-coming comedian can be tricky because there's so many people banging on the same fucking door, right? So when I was producing my shows, it would blow my mind. I would have like these comics that, you know, granted, I put the ad out. I put an ad on like, you know, at the time I used Facebook. I put an ad on Facebook. Hey, I'm looking for comedians to do my show. And, you know, I would get replies and responses from some of the most arrogant, out-of-their-mind type of fucking people. Just delusional. Coming with all these requests and demands and condescension when it's like, do you not see the forest for the trees? I'm doing you a favor. Like, the whole point of doing a show and producing a show is to like either A, make money, or B, get exposed, or C, both, or D, whatever. But basically, like, the whole point of the show that I was producing was to like, you know, to cultivate more opportunities, basically, because no opportunity is going to walk up and just jump in your lap. So it's like, I'm trying to cultivate these opportunities, and I'm giving them out. And these people have this attitude when it's like, hey, wait a minute. Like if you if you look closely at our industry, you got to jump through so many hoops, do so many backflips just to get onto the shittiest of shows. You know, you got to suck dick and metaphorically, you got to suck a metaphorical dick. You got to kiss ass. You got to do all this shit just to get on some of the shittiest shows imaginable. And that's just like commonplace in the comedy game. Then there's me, it's like, hey, I open the door to anybody, I treat people with respect, you know, I don't make them kiss my ass, it's like, hey, do you want to do the show? Cool. But yet they come with condescension, showbiz condescension. So like, having my experience of that on a humble level, I could totally see how somebody on Ellen's level, the top of the top, like think about it, every guest that Ellen has on her show There's probably a hundred chomping at the bit for that spot. And if they don't get that spot, well, now Ellen's a bitch. She's a badass lesbian. You know, she feigns this sense of inclusivity because she's a lesbian. And she's really just a, you know, a, a prejudiced, disgruntled, despicable human being. You're not a real lesbian. You know, they come at her with all this like anger and resentment and animosity. And it's like they're just there to take. And that's what happens when you become icon status, successful. People be coming for your spot. 
talking dumb, acting as if like you owe them something. So that's the dichotomy. And that's what I see. On one hand, you know, I'm sure at some point, you know, I really don't know. But, you know, obviously I don't know. Obviously really nobody knows. It's not like it's something that can go to court. And if it does, you know, like, Your Honor, I object. You know, I remember on the night of fucking January 4th, 2005, when Ellen didn't look me in the face and say good morning when I handed her a bagel. Oh, my God. Or whatever, right? Like, it's not something that she can... Like, there's no charges. I I don't know what's going on there at the moment. It's all just kind of talk and gossip uh, in regards to Ellen. She's not, like, facing any charges or anything. Or, I don't know, she might quit her show or whatever. I don't know what's going on. But basically, the point is, like, I could totally see how, you know... She may have been a victim of her own narcissism, her own celebrity. Starts thinking that she's a little bit more than anybody else or whatever. Catch an attitude, catch a tood. Maybe she did. The allegations are all pretty simple. Like, oh, she doesn't say hi. She doesn't say goodbye. You know, she her nose is delicate. Maybe she's a cokehead. Who knows, right? Like, what's in our business, Right? So it's like, oh, she's got a delicate nose and she doesn't know how to say goodbye or good morning. Okay, I could see that as just some of the swarmy surrounding attitudes of show business. But on the other hand, I could see how people are out to exploit, take advantage, tear down, and, um, you know, resent a person in her position. She's the top of the game, top of the food chain in terms of like, you know, Hollywood power. That's a major show and you know in this time of pandemic when everybody has all this time to sit around and stew all these resentments can come out and you know that's the unfortunate side of people where it's like they don't realize that it's the ellen show how many people do you believe show up to work every day at the ellen show to serve the ellen show to serve the Ellen show. You got all these writers, producers, show business industry types with their egos and, you know, this show would be nothing if it wasn't for me. I write for the show and I produce the show. And and all their fucking ego. And all their baggage and bullshit. Their ingratitude that, hey, you're on a fucking cash cow. You're on a golden goose. She does... Like a two-hour, one-hour show, five times a week, year-round. It's an established brand, you know. It's going to be, it's in syndication. It's going into the future. It's wildly successful. Why can't you just be happy and take that position? No, you got to infuse your ego into it. And, you know, I'm more than the Ellen Show. I'm not just some producer or camera operator on the Ellen Show. I'm an I'm a artist, They bring their own bullshit and nonsense to the job and then all of a sudden Ellen's the bad guy. A lot of people there aren't there to serve the show. They're there for their own reasons. And now that it's now that they have the reason to, um, you know, during pandemic, they feel they have a reason to complain and act up or whatever. They're exploiting it. And yet, 
another interesting aspect of this situation is for all the claims and, alleg- and allegations, it's been ongoing now. It's been a, this is kind of an old news story at this point. So it's been ongoing. With all these allegations and stuff going on, where is the defense? You think there would have been a wall of people coming to the defense of Ellen DeGeneres. She's been in show business for 30 plus years. She's at the top of the heap. You know, after 30 plus years in show business, A-list celebrity, successful talk show at the top of the game. How come there's not like a wall of people coming forward being like, that's bullshit. I love Ellen. Ellen would never do that. She's such a great person. Look at all the charities she's helped. Look at all the people people she's helped. Look at all the careers that she has nurtured and inspired and, you know, assisted. Where's the defense? No one's coming to her defense. It's kind of like Macbeth, you know? It's kind of like Julius Caesar. Caesar salad? You know, so, you know, I see a lot of parallel in there. Um, Some of my humble experiences, as I mentioned, producing my shows. I, I, I can just see that's just the nature of the human being. That's the nature of ego. And, um, you know, it's very interesting stuff. And, um... My takeaway from that is like, you know, basically be a good person. Not because it gets you this or gets you that, because it's like the decent thing to do. Do unto others as you'll have done unto yourself. And it's tough because people are garbage. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ram Charan, stand-up comedian extraordinaire. And those are the... Things are kind of rocking in my world at the moment. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor, comedian, extraordinaire. Welcome to the show. Yeah. It's hot. Hot. All right. What's going on in the news? Well, one of the major news things going on right now is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau of Canada. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. He's in some hot water as of late as well. He'll peep this. This is just disgusting. You know, hi everybody, my name's Justin Trudeau. Now I know in the past I've had some hiccups, you know. I used to dress in blackface, you know. I used to smear brown paint and wear a turban on my head and, you know, think it was cute and funny at a company fucking Halloween party. Um... What else? Um, I took my family on vacation, you know, sending the bill to the Canadian taxpayer for like, you know, I think it was something around like just like $30,000 of, you know, security costs for me and my family to go take a dip in a fucking billionaire's backdoor pool, backyard pool. Um, What else did I do? Um, You know, I'm just pretty much a swarmy, rich, entitled, poor little rich boy. But, um, you know, la, 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 you know, don't hate me for it. Just excuse me for it. I'm Justin Trudeau, la, la, la. So fucking Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, he's in some hot water again. Now I voted for this swarmy prick back in 2015. 
um, when he first came into office. I thought, um, okay, cool. Here's a youthful guy. He's got like this legacy of a very, I guess, uh, connecting type of a uh, father. Pierre Trudeau, his father, had a legacy of being a very loved and renowned politician, especially here in Canada, right, as the prime minister. So he had like this great reputation. And I figured, okay, let me let me vote for this little prick, you know, like, hopefully the egg doesn't fall too far from the fucking chicken's ass, whatever the saying is, right? So that the apple don't fall far from the tree. Hopefully, you know, there's some good things here, right? And, you know, I'm not gonna... I just think he's a schwarmy prick who's self-entitled and uh, he's out for himself. So peep this. This is a scandal. And his mama. His mama, his mother, Maggie Trudeau. She's a fucking piece of work as well. So here, check this. Uh, This is from cp24.com. Nearly half support new election over we scandal, online poll suggests. Ottawa. Nearly half of Canadians would support an election being called if the federal watchdog finds Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to have violated the Conflict of Interest Act again over the we charity affair, a new poll suggests. The survey by Ledger and Association for Canadian Studies also suggests the we controversy has taken a bite out of Trudeau's popularity, as well as that of the federal Liberal Party, putting the Conservatives within striking distance of victory. Which is hilarious because we just had an election (laughs) this past October. The online poll of 1,531 adult Canadians took place July 31st to August 2nd, even though I never heard of it or voted on it, and I'm Canadian. See how politics really works? Anyways, the online poll of 1,531 adult Canadians took place July 31st to August 2nd in the days following Trudeau's appearance before a parliamentary committee to answer questions about the deal with we. It cannot be assigned a margin of error because internet-based polls are not considered truly random. The survey results come as Federal Ethics Commissioner Mario... It's me, Mario! Mario Dion is investigating both Trudeau and Finance Minister Bill Monroe over whether they broke conflict of interest rules in relation to the government's decision to give the WE organization a sole-sourced contract to run a $912 million student volunteer program. Trudeau was previously found to have broken the Conflict of Interest Act for accepting two paid family vacations from the Aga Khan and for improperly pressuring Jody Wilson-Raybould, who was then Attorney General, to halt the criminal prosecution of Montreal engineering giant SNC-Lavalin. The Prime Minister has apologized for not recusing himself from the WE decision, given the connections that he and his family have to the Toronto-based development organization, but denied any wrongdoing. WE backed out of the deal in early July. 
Then it goes into some statistics, statistics, statistics. Perhaps most troubling for the Prime Minister and his Liberals is the support for the party among decided voters has slipped by six percentage points in the last two weeks, with the Conservatives, who have not yet elected their new leader, leaping the most recent benefits. Reaping the most recent benefits. And blah, 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 and yada, yada, yada. It goes into some like, you know, it's like online, random internet poll. I mean, I don't know how accurate it is. I'm not even going to read it. Um, so yeah, basically, um, and in, in regards to his family members, um, you know, this is another article from cbc.ca. Prime Minister's mother, Margaret and brother Alexander, were both paid to speak at WE Charity events. Margaret Trudeau received $250,000 in honorarium. Alexandra, Alexandra, ah, hell, I don't know, Alexandria, his sister, his brother, or whatever. Alexandro Trudeau was paid about $32,000. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's mother, Margaret, and his brother, Alexander, have both been paid tens of thousands of dollars to appear at WE Charity events. In response to an inquiry from CBC News, WE Charity has provided details of the speaking fees paid to both individuals for their participation at events between 2016 and 2020. Both Margaret and Alexander, it's one of those stupid French names, you know? No offense, you know, I love French people, but like, for God's sakes... Is it Alexander or Alexander? I fucking know. Both Margaret and Alexandre? Alexandre. Both Margaret and Alexandre are registered with the Speaker Spotlight Bureau, which arranges appearances for clients in exchange for negotiated fees. Margaret spoke at approximately 28 events and received honoraria amounting to $250,000. Alexander spoke at events, eight events, and received $32,000. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his government have been under fire since announcing on June 25th they were awarding a $19.5 million sole-sourced contract to We Charity to administer the Canadian Canada Student Service Grant, a nine a $912 million program offering grants of between $1,000 and $5,000 to post-secondary students in return for supervised volunteer hours. Yeah. So this charity paid, <laughs> paid, well, first of all, the government, the liberal government of Canada under Justin Trudeau, um, awarded a 19.5 million sole source contract. Now, I think that means there was no bid. I think I also read that. There, as a contract, there was no bid for. It's kind of like they just invest. I don't even really know how that works. You know what I mean? Like, I guess it all comes down to charity registration and the business end of it. But suffice to say, it's like, you know, the government is behind this charity that the prime minister's 
family is benefiting from. His mother made $250,000 in speaking engagements. His brother made $32,000. So it's like a conflict of interest. You got the prime minister of our country, you know, backing this charity, soul sourcing this charity. And it's like a total conflict of interest. He's like benefiting off of it. His family's getting enriched by it. Like how backwards is that? You know what I mean? A charity? A charity? How, how do you ethically take money from a charity for speaking engagements? Like to, like to get involved with a charity is to give to a charity. Correct? How do you feel that you are benefiting a charity by getting involved with it and then siphoning off funds? $250,000 in speaking $250,000 in speaking fees, giving speeches, $25,000? Margaret Trudeau ain't worth dog shit in terms of like a speech person. What the fuck does she have to say? She fucked Justin Trudeau? She fucked Mar Mick Jagger? What else? She's mental? Bipolar? Like what, what the fuck does she have to say that's worth $250,000K? Nothing is the answer. It's a complete fraud. <laughs> it's a sham. Margaret Trudeau, she is not in the public eye. She is not in the public mind. Nobody gives a fuck what she has to say. It's all this nepotism stemming from the father, Pierre Trudeau. Fucking Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, that dickhead shouldn't even be there if it wasn't for his father. They're all like dick riders, basically. They're just biting the dick of fucking dead Pierre Trudeau. They're sucking on the dead dick of Pierre Trudeau. None of these people are worth dog shit. And um, it's just totally unethical. You know? And uh, the only thing I could say about it, well, that's what I said about it. <laughs> it's unethical. Don't take a genius to see that. And, um, you know, That guy is just totally, you know, the funny thing is, you know, he's such a contrast to Trump. Trump seems so, you know, self-inflated and this and that and whatever. That's Trump, you know. Fake news, China flu, witch hunt, okay. Drink bleach, inject bleach, okay. You know, he seems like such an arrogant prick. Whatever. But you really, Justin Trudeau, it's the same fucking megalomania masked in a, Hi, my name's Justin Trudeau. I love gay people. I love black people. I love all people. I love women. Hi, I'm Justin Trudeau. My family steals from charities. I wear blackface makeup. Hi, I'm Justin Trudeau. I charge the public. I charge uh, the society. Um, you know, taxpayer dollars go towards my family vacations. I'm Justin Trudeau. The guy doesn't represent dog shit. The guy is a complete um, descendant of nepotism. He's a complete dickhead. I don't think anything other than him, other than I, I believe he's a lawyer. He went to school to be a lawyer. Says it all. Like an ambulance chaser, charity chaser, you know?
But hey, I mean, what's new? You know, that's the world for you. Corruption. So I don't know. Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. What do you think of um, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his family's little, you know, dipping into the piggy bank of these poor, unfortunate fucking um, uh, student volunteers? Like, how sick is that? You know, these poor students, they got not, not a fucking dollar to rub together, not a dollar to lend. You know, they got to go volunteer their time. For these fucking grants of like a thousand dollars, you know, whatever, these measly little fucking charity grants. Yet you got the Trudeaus siphoning off 250K for speaking engagements. You couldn't pay me to listen to his mother. She's an idiot. And his brother, what does he have to say? You weren't man enough to step up to Justin Trudeau? <laughs> You got overshadowed by Justin Trudeau, and now he's the prime minister, and now you're stuck collecting a fucking $32,000 grab bag from some fucking charity? Man up. If I was Pierre Trudeau and I was here right now, I'd spank both those. I'd spank all three of them. I wish Pierre Trudeau would come back from the dead and spank that fucking swarmy entitled fucking neopotic, nepotistic, nepotism family of his just come back from the dead how dare you sully my name justin justin yes father justin get into my office yes father i was just let me just take off my black face makeup first father i'm just gonna wipe off my black makeup father yes father it's the ghost of your father justin trudeau get on my lap no, father, no, not again. You used to do this to me all the time back in the day. Get on my lap. Bad, Trudeau. Bad, Justin. Ah, stop it. Bad, Trudeau. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I want to see the ghost of Pierre Trudeau fucking spank. Justin Trudeau, Justine Trudeau. Knock some sense into that boy. Anyways, folks, do hit me up jr.thepodcast at gmail.com, you know? I'm running for prime minister, by the way. And some very interesting news in the world of uh, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. Um, you know, now as I speak on many things, I am an actor. I am a stand-up comedian. And I was a janitor. Extraordinaire. God made dirt and dirt don't hurt. God made dirt and dirt bust your ass. I was a motherfucking janitor. I pushed a little mop bucket. I dipped the mop in the mop water. Then I mopped the floor. You know, I washed windows. You know, I pushed a garbage trolley. You know, I vacuumed. Well, folks, that has all come to an end. Yeah. Now, if you're new to the show, um, I've been a janitor for like one, one year and about eight months. One year and eight months, you know? 
my father wasn't prime minister and um, I didn't have the opportunity to steal from a charity. So um, I had to, you know, use my body and mind to make money as a comedian, you know, trying to get to my goal as a comedian. And, you know, interestingly enough, um, it's not only charities that Margaret Trudeau has robbed, also like artistic communities. She headlined the Just for Laughs Festival of 2019. This bitch wouldn't know what funny was if it came up and whacked her in the face with Mick Jagger's dick. She'd probably just try to suck it again, you know? Like this shithead doesn't know nothing about humor. This shithead don't know nothing about politics. She had no business speaking on any level for any amount of money. Nepotism. She just like her son, Justine. But um, anyway, you know, <clears throat> yeah, she like weaseled her way into the Just for Laugh Festival of 2019. I couldn't believe it. I was like, when did just, when did Margaret Trudeau ever be in the public eye for some performing type of reason? I think she had a one-woman show that nobody went to, or maybe they did go to it because, you know, again, riding on the dick of dead fucking Pierre Trudeau, but like, you know, riding on that ghost French dick, but like, you know, there she is taking opportunity away from other more deserving performers. I have no problem with a performer coming to prominence um, by any mean or gimmick of their own sweat and brow. You know, whatever. You put out a TikTok video and it blows up. Now all of a sudden you're the most famous thing on this side of the earth. And, um, you know, everybody wants to book you over this one stupid TikTok video or an Instagram post or something like that. So fucking be it. You did it of your own work. But when you start paratrooping into all these opportunities off of the back of like, you know, some guy you fucked 50 fucking years ago, Margaret Trudeau. Like, for God's sakes, like, do you have no shame? Right? <laughs> Not that I'm jealous. <laughs> Jonathan Ramchand on the podcast has 22 followers on YouTube. And by the way, like, subscribe, and comment. But anyway, um, you know, 22 deep, followers deep. But, um, you know, yeah, I didn't have like, you know daddy's piggy bank to um you know wipe my ass with um i had to go out there and work earn a living unlike some people justin trudeau <clears throat> and uh you know so i had to go out there and earn a living and uh you know i was a janitor now check it part of the story of being a starving artist is you know languishing in obscurity battling addiction which i have three plus years of sobriety you know, I'm an alcoholic, three plus years sober today. So the story of the struggling artist is, struggling artist, the story is, oh, languishing in obscurity, not a pot to piss in, drug-addled, alcohol, soused, you know, down and out, living in the back seat of a car, you know, all this horseshit. When it's just like, yo, maybe it's time to like buckle down, take a responsibility, you know, put a roof over your head. You know, put a couple dollars together and try to, you know, go forward in the most healthy, physically, mentally, and spiritually healthy way possible. So that's what I did, you know, and um, that was the impetus behind getting a full-time job. I took the money from my janitorial hustle and I put it into producing shows. 
Um, I was producing my own stand-up comedy show, Our Righteous Mike. That paid for all of the equipment. I had to buy like a PA system. This was like uh, the PA system, the microphone, the stands, all that. That was like, you know, a thousand dollar or so investment, you know, in the, in the neighborhood of a thousand dollars. Then I had to book the venue that costed money every week to have a nice clean venue to perform in that cost money to book. And I was just doing it for the love of performing. And I was doing it to, um, you know, try to progress in my career. That's where my job as a janitor came in handy. And, um, you know, all good things must come to an end. And um, I think this is relatable across industry. Um, if you dip back into the lexicon of Jonathan Ramtree on the podcast, there are many instances, many instances where I bitch, whine, squawk, belly aching, kibitz, you know. I almost fought a pizza delivery man, you know. He, he, he was delivering a pizza, right? I'm sweeping up a fucking dust pile. I'm sweeping up this dust pile. This fucking pizza delivery man goes zoom, comes zooming by me, almost hits me. So I start yelling at him, hey, yo, you boomba clot, you fucking Ross clot, you better watch yourself, punk. What are you talking about? I shut the fuck up. When it comes to me, pal, you watch it. You know, I'm screaming at him. I was about to knock his ass out in the parkade, right? He almost hit me, right? And um, that was a day when I let my anger get the best of me. Plus, he was one of them types that, like, I seen him around, right? He was like a pizza delivery man who, he was on delivery... For the building. He was always in the building delivering food. He, he was like a caterer, right? He was like a, he worked for like a catering company within the building. So he was always delivering pizza, delivering food. He was just a little bitch, right? And, you know, when he did that, I was ready to go, right? You know, we all have our boiling points, right? And, you know, I'm not exactly proud of that. I don't really feel any way about it other than I've moved past, you know? It ain't good to lose your temper and, uh, well, he, I mean, yo, when you fucking almost hit somebody with a car, that's good enough reason to get upset, but it's like, you never really want to step into the arena of violence unless it's absolutely necessary. So it was kind of, well, I didn't really threaten him. I just walked up to him and I told him, fucking watch it. He goes, no, 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 no. Hey, make of that whatever the fuck you want to make of it, buddy. You fucking watch it when it comes to me. Well, well, I said make of it whatever the fuck you want to make of it. You watch it when it comes to me. And he's just like, right? But (laughs) suffice to say, it's not easy being a janitor. You know, people trying to hit you with cars. You're cleaning toilets, plunging a toilet. (laughs) For fuck's sake. Oh, you boomba clot, you rise clot. You know, you're plunging toilets, dodging vehicles. And, you know, it's like, those were the challenges. The challenges of, like, you know, just doing a daily job. And, you know, and if you look back into the lexicon of Jonathan Ramchand, the podcast, many instances where I bitch whine about whatever. Many instances where I try to draw some insight, parallels to the working world, the work in person. Where I'm sitting at today is, you know, I'm reflecting. I'm like, you know what? I was very, I'm very proud that, you know, I knew when I began the job. I'm like, okay, you're stepping into the role of a janitor. 
That means that you're going to have to do janitorial type of work. You're going to have to humble yourself and you're going to be in a uniform and you're going to be in the public eye cleaning toilets, sweeping parking lots. But you know what? Your higher calling and your higher goals are in your performing. That's why you're doing it. You're going to have more income coming in so then you can address the economic realities of producing a show. I could pay off my student loan. I had a student loan at the time from my acting career when I went to theater school. So I paid off my student loan with this job. So it's like, okay, there's a lot of benefit. And, you know, you're stepping into this role and there's a lot of benefit, yet there are some, you know, setbacks, some negatives, you know, like disrespect of some people. Some people are just disrespectful. They look down and condescend upon people that they deem lower than them, you know. So I had that going on. And it's like, well, whatever. That's just the reality of the job. And as I'm sitting here today, um, I've put in my two weeks notice. I have, I have two more shifts today. You know, I might even be late for work today. Who fucking knows? I'm busy recording this. JR the P, John the Rancher on the podcast. Thank you very much for your listener and viewership. I might even be late today. Who fucking knows? I'm busy doing a podcast. But I got two shifts left today and tomorrow. And, um, yeah, it has served to like, it has served to like make this podcast, you know, it's financed this podcast, it's financed um, my stand up comedy goals. It has paid off a student loan. I'm very grateful for the job. And, uh, but like I said, there were some setbacks and not setbacks, but there were some uh, negatives. And I was going to get on here and bitch, whine, squawk, bellyache, and kibitz and blubber about, you know, oh, the woes of working as a janitor. But I decided, you know what? Today, I would rather focus on the positivity, the gratitude. You know, I worked as a, I worked as an essential worker at the height of the pandemic here in Toronto, Canada. Um, the pandemic that swept the globe of 2020. I was working as an essential worker. It kept me fed. It kept me content. Kept a roof over my head, roof over my head, and uh, I'm very blessed and grateful for it. There were a lot of kind people. You know, it's like, and it only takes a couple bad apples to ruin a bunch. You know. The workplace that I work at, there were a lot of kind people, a lot of respectful people. There were just a few dummies, you know, suffice to say. A few unrealized people, a few small, emotionally shallow people that from time to time would try to step into my lane. And I basically told them, like, fuck off, right? I didn't slap nobody and I ain't no tough guy. But it's like, you know, I, just, I handled it the way I had to. And I'm not trying to be like cloak and dagger about that. I, I don't even know why I did it. Maybe I'm, I'm trying to look tough. <laughs> I didn't slap anybody. I just like, you know, I kind of ignored it, handled it, kept it very um, professional. And um, how I'm feeling today about it is like, you know, if there is anything to feel upset about or disrespected about, I think this is important across industry. 
you got to know the potential pitfalls of a job before you take it. I stepped into the career of janitor with my eyes wide open. I knew. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go work as a janitor. It's going to cover my basic upkeep. It's going to pay off my student loan. It's going to help me finance. It's going to help me fund my uh, artistic endeavors. Um, But there's going to be a level of disrespect. There just is. That's how people are. Some people see a janitor working and they think, oh, there's a janitor working and they go on with their day. Some people see a janitor working and they go, oh, there's an opportunity for me to exploit somebody to try to feel better about myself. Let me go up and condescend this person and talk at them for no fucking reason because I am so shallow and pathetic of a human being myself. Um, excuse me, sir. I'm going to tell you something even though I'm not your boss and I'm going to just talk at you. Isn't that how the world works? Isn't that how people be? Sometimes people just use people as opportunities, springboards, you know, pawns in their delusional little game. So I knew that going in. My work experience had taught me that. I'm like, okay, Jonathan, you're going to step into the role of a janitor. You know what the work is. You know what's expected of you. And there are going to be times when you're frustrated because that's just how people are. Unfortunately, maybe you'll be surprised. You know, there's always the opportunity to be surprised in life. And maybe it'll just be completely blissful. Maybe I'll just breeze through there like a summer breeze. No, there was times when there were hiccups and little aggravations and little problems that would arise that had nothing to do with me, my job, my position Nothing other than somebody wanting to look at a janitor and try to exploit me. Try to exploit me for their fucking own reasons, right? So that's very important across industry to know the realities of a job because as I sit here, you know, close to my retirement On the eve of my retirement as a janitor, I feel grateful for the opportunity. I feel grateful in the things that I did. I paid off a student loan. I funded a lot of my creative endeavors. I kept myself fed, clothed, housed, you know? I feel grateful for all those things. And there's no anger because I know that I was setting myself up for potential disrespect. I knew the realities of the job. I knew that, oh, it's just how it is. The low guy on the totem pole, the little guy on the totem pole, that's just just how people are. They're pathetic. They're going to want to fuck with you at times. And I dealt with it as diplomatically as I can, as I could. And, uh, you know, even now, there are some examples that I could, I mean, it never ends. There was an example from like last week I could bring up right now of somebody trying to disrespect me and interfere with me. And, you know, all I can say is, hey, I can't say for certainty what is or what isn't disrespect, but it's like, 
as an adult, you should know that when you open your mouth to another adult, you are coming into their realm. You are stepping into their realm. Right? It's like my man James Brown said, static. No, static, static. Don't start nothing, won't be nothing. Static. You know? Static. Don't start nothing, won't be nothing. So when you open your mouth at a person, you are stepping into their realm. That's why a lot of the times I feel justified, rightfully or wrongfully, and it's not like I hang my hat on it, or I walk around and gloat on it, or, you know, it's just the observations of life. But it's like, sometimes I feel just justified. Not that I have to champion that, but it's like, my point of view is that it's not like I want to be right, but I am right. Because it's like, Hey, you opened your mouth at me for no reason. I didn't open my mouth to you. I don't talk to people that I have no business talking to. I'm not a chatty McCathy. I don't want to fucking talk to nobody. I want to plunge that toilet. Plunge a fucking toilet and go home. That's it. So when somebody opens their mouth at me, and if it's not my boss or my supervisor, then they're opening their mouth for no fucking reason. Isn't that a logical conclusion? If somebody is to open their mouth at me to give me a request or a complaint or an instruction and it is not my boss, it is not my supervisor, then what am I listening to? Right? And that's why it's so important to, you know, be your own boss in a sense. You know what I mean? And that, that has many layers. I don't mean it such in like a uh, business sense. Like, I'm the boss with my feet up on the desk. I mean, you just basically got, you basically got to learn how to manage yourself. That way, you are the boss of yourself and you are impenetrable to people's bullshit. And, you know, I achieved that to a certain extent because... I went through the job with a good attitude and um, as much energy and enthusiasm as I could. And I'm leaving the job on good terms and I'm leaving the job at my pace. It came to the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm done. Put in my two weeks notice. That's it. And, you know, with my head held high. Bloodied, but not bowed. So here I am, folks. And uh, moving on to something new. And I hope that's relatable across industry, you know? Don't set yourself up to be... Um, I think it's like being aware of... I, I, I think it's like being aware of a situation. Grounded in yourself. And, um, you know... Walking with your eyes open. Because, hey, like, when it comes to, when it comes to business, ain't nothing free. There are pitfalls. There are roadblocks, barriers. But then there's also a lot of great things, successes, gains, you know? So, it's all very interesting. 
And, uh, you know, I wanted to get this podcast out this week and done right in the middle of the week when I'm right before my last shift. Because, you know, the energy going forward is going to be in a completely new direction. And um, I've just been very grateful for the opportunity. And I hope that's relatable. And, you know, many good things to come here on Jonathan Ramchand on the podcast. Thank you very much, folks. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Janet and James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent August 6th in the year of our Lord, 2020. Yep. Hanging up the janitor smock. Hanging up the janitor heels. Hanging up the janitor fucking buggy. I'm done, folks. Um, yeah. It's been good. It's been productive. And, um, you know, that's... That's what I hope for anybody out there, that whatever you're doing, it's for you and you go at it, you go at it at your pace and, you know, you are seeing the usefulness and the utility in your labors, you know, don't go out there swinging for no fucking reason, you know, make your money work for you, make your time work for you and, you know, be kind to one another, live and let live, you know, make the world a better place. You can find me on Spotify. You can find me on iTunes. You can find me on my website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. If you've got any questions or queries or qualms, hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Till next time, folks. You live it. You love it. You realize it. I Peace. Thank <laughs> you.